Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 188 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But she should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Yu Yu Hakusho episodes 84 through 87, where Kurama traps your mind in a tree. The crew gets swallowed by the face on the floor, and Sensui takes a mental health day in the middle of a fight. Yeah, he's just like, hold on, real quick, I just have to take some time to sit by myself and think about everything that's happened in my previous lives. And I say lives because there are many people in my head right now. Do you know what's happening? Because I don't know what's happening. Hey, look over there. It's me kicking your face with my gun hand. Let's go in. Just like kicking your face with my gun hand. Oh yeah, I did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So we're back at this episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Once upon a time, we recorded the intro to this episode, and I don't think it's relevant anymore because it was a while ago because life was uh, complicated recently. Yeah, that's what happened. Well, what I had said in that episode was uh, I keep a list of the episode numbers. As you'll note on all the Friday episodes, I say this is episode number whatever the hell. Uh, that number is distinct from other episodes. The weekly jumps have their own numbering system and then special episodes also have their own numbering system. And sometimes when Spencer does like a brief announcement, like uh, we didn't do it this time, but every once in a while we'll be like, hey, we don't have an episode today because blah, 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 but it's coming whenever. Uh, and sometimes, uh, we'll, we'll just have like little quick things there that aren't like really a proper episode, but are just sort of like a way to reach people who listen, um, versus like actual proper special episodes when we do like interviews at conventions or when we have people on the show and we watch movies and shit like that. So I keep track of those things and I am suspicious that there is like at least one announcement episode that I have listed as a numbered episode that I don't really think is worth having as a numbered episode and or maybe a special episode that I missed or maybe like a re-release that I counted as a numbered episode that I wouldn't count as a numbered episode these days. I don't know. But anyway, we are somewhere around the 300 episode mark is what all that means. This episode on my list is listed as 300. And as I'm saying, it is obviously episode 188 of our Friday pod coverage, but with specials and with weekly jumps and maybe with some variation, some margin of error in there, we are somewhere around the 300th episode. And that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's definitely wild. We're at the point where you can spend almost an entire year's worth of listening to one of our episodes a day and have one episode every day. Yeah, man, that's weird. So, yeah, we are your whole life now. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, sorry about that, guys, uh, girls, everybody. What, are you apologizing for me? No, I'm apologizing because, like, I had to dip out for a minute. <laughs> Um, yeah so i caused some issues <laughs> oh man it's been what a else long couple uh, weeks for me 
Yeah. Did I don't remember if we talked about this news, so I'm going to throw it back in here, which has become less news since we've had the delay, but it's still newsy. Um, I, I pulled this off of Variety. Um, the article is Crunchyroll is adding all Funimation anime content. Sony starts to phase out the Funimation brand. Um, so Sony, uh, I think we talked about this very briefly on the podcast, but uh, it's my understanding that Sony already owned Funimation and then purchased Crunchyroll like a year or two ago. And um, now it is merging the two services. So on on Variety, uh, they're saying, yeah, it's merging. Crunchyroll subscribers are going to start having access to library and simulcast content that was previously available exclusively on Funimation. That begins on March 1st, or should I say began on March 1st, because we're recording this on March 13th. So that has already occurred according to this Variety article, which was uh, from March 1st, actually. So uh, in theory, that is a true thing, although I haven't tested it. Um, So it's uh, bringing in some some new shit, although I know there was a lot of Crunchyroll and Funimation crossover. Uh, Sony has also noted that they will not be raising prices on Crunchyroll's packages, uh, and Variety has added for now in parentheses there, which I think is uh, prescient of them. Um, Future new series will be exclusive to Crunchyroll starting on April 1st, and Funimation will only continue to add new episodes of series that are already on there. Um, there is a list of uh, Funimation titles that are now available on Crunchyroll. If you are a Crunchyroll person and you're looking for new shit, you can look there. Um, there are also, let's see, it says Sony noted that existing Funimation Wakanim, W-A-K-A-N-I-M, uh, I would assume there was supposed to be an E at the end there, but I, I don't know what that is. Uh, but if you do, uh, you're one of those. And uh, Verve subscribers, they're eligible for a special deal to get access to Crunchyroll Premium for free for 60 days, which to me says that uh, this is going to be a, a situation where you need to set up your uh, new Crunchyroll account if you were a Funimation or one of those other people, um, rather than having like them automatically transfer your Funimation information over to Crunchyroll, etc., um, which makes sense for some people. Like I know uh, we have a we have access to Crunchyroll and Funimation through the Geekly Grind, and so if I'm you know the Geekly Grind, I don't necessarily want my information transferred over because I already have Crunchyroll information. Um, so anyway, then it goes on to talk about how they they purchased it. Um, they're looking to um, sort of make Crunchyroll the hub instead of having Crunchyroll and Funimation compete with each other. Um, and that's the big news. So uh, I would say I would agree with uh, the article writer that um, as seems to be the case these days, um, streaming services have a tendency to raise their prices periodically. Um, that is probably going to be a true thing with this one, just like it is with all the other ones. Um, there's definitely some argument to be said that variety helps uh keep things fresh and potentially keep things cheaper. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know exactly how the anime market works because while it is sort of a growing market um, and seems to be reaching much greater sort of like pop culture relevance for, for people, like when I was teaching kids this summer, uh, when we would have downtime, all of the kids would watch anime, which was like completely unheard of to me, uh, even a couple of years back. 
Um, so anime has definitely hit a different moment than it has had maybe previously in our culture. But I don't know that that moment is big enough that like Crunchyroll, Sony, whatever can sort of corner the market on big name anime and then like charge premiums for it because the, the market may not be there. So it may or may not end up being that. But uh, ultimately, I think fewer streaming options with more options per streaming service is a good thing. I have been pretty vocally anti the stratification of streaming services into individual brands. I really hate that. And I'm at the point where I'm not getting certain new streaming services, uh, if for no other reason than out of spite, because they used to provide me the stuff on a streaming service I already had, and then they took it away from me, and I don't want to pay them for doing that. Uh, so I think that this is going sort of in the other direction and I like that, but obviously it's it's debatable, but uh, you know, regardless of whether you like it or not, it is big news and there it is. Yeah. Well, the, that's, that's the news and we're, we're sticking to it. Um, so, uh, so, Hey, we have uh, episodes to talk about though. And uh, I'm Do just, we? I'm just dying to talk about these ridiculous episodes of Yu Yu show. <laughs> So, can you tell me what happened previously on? Um, yeah, I think so. It's been a, it's been a while since I watched these, so let's see what comes out of my big dumb mouth. Um, all right. Yu Yu Hakusho is a series about a guy named Yusuke Yurameshi. He is, I believe, a, uh, an older middle schooler. He's probably like 14 or so. Um, he is killed... In an accident one day, trying to save a younger kid from being run over by a truck. And uh, the afterlife is like, man, we really thought you were like a delinquent and kind of just sort of like sucked in general. And then you died doing this like really heroic, selfless thing. And now we don't know where to send you. That kind of threw off our whole calculus. And um, so because of that, we're going to give you like a series of trials. And if you complete those trials, you get to come back to life. And uh, over the course of, I don't know, five or six episodes, he does complete those trials. He does come back to life and he finds out that he now has the ability to see spiritual beings that he was previously unaware of. Um, the afterlife contacts him and they're like, because of your newfound powers, we are going to employ you as our spirit detective. And we're going to send you on little missions and you're going to tussle with demons that are invading the human world and try to stop their nefarious schemes and all that shit. And Yusuke, uh, I would say somewhat begrudgingly, uh, consents to this and sets off on a series of adventures that have gotten him to today. Um, through those adventures, he made a couple of allies. One is a longtime frenemy named Kuwabara. Kuwabara, I believe, goes to a rival school and runs around with a rival gang and has often had many rival conflicts with Ryusuke, in which it seems like Yusuke has largely come out on top. Um, Kuwabara, when he found out that Yusuke was dead, was devastated because even though they never liked each other, they mattered a lot to each other. And so when he comes back to life, Kuwabara sort of finds himself getting pulled into a lot of the stuff that Yusuke is up to. Uh, this is also in no small part because Yu Kuwabara has an atypically high spiritual sense for a regular human. And so he is kind of attuned to spiritual things in a way that Yusuke had to die and come back to life to even sort of kind of be similar to. Um, Kuwabara has since then developed the ability to create a spiritual sword, which has recently been revealed to also have the ability to cut the barriers between dimensions, which is very, very important. 
Um, but before we get to that, uh, Yusuke, his powers are, are basically large blasts of energy from his body. And uh, he and Kuwabara have made a couple of non-human allies, specifically a half-demon named Karama, who uh, uses um, plants to fight. And most of those plants are, are you know, otherworldly demon plants. Uh, so they have special attributes, as we will see in these episodes. Uh, he is also a fox demon, and while he's a half-demon, because he inhabited the body of a baby human uh, and has grown up as a human, so he's he's part human and he sympathizes with humans, but his full demon self can come out from time to time, and that can be a dangerous experience because the full demon self is uh, pretty ruthless. Um, speaking of which, they have a full demon ally named Hiei, who is uh, pretty ruthless and fights with uh, something called the Jigan Eye that allows him to sort of like see his opponent's movements a little bit better and, and move very quickly, and he also uh, has some dangerous black fire techniques that he utilizes. Sounds awfully familiar to another show we're covering. Um, they uh, have a couple of other allies, but I think those are the key ones that we need to know. Um, there are some enemies in this arc. Um, they are run by this dude named Sensui, who we have since found out is the spirit detective before Yusuke. There's this thing called the black tape. Um, and the black tape is a highlight reel of all of the most terrible things that humans have done to each other throughout human history. And uh, when Sensui saw this, he decided that humans were no good and deserved to go. And he left his post as spirit detective and started plotting for a way to basically destroy humanity in retribution for their many historical crimes. Um, he gathered together six other powerful individuals with psychic powers, which is sort of a new thing in this arc. Before this, it's been basically your spirit energy and you're able to do cool shit that way. Psychics have come along to do cool shit in different ways under different rules that has allowed for some uh, different challenges when fighting each other. Um, so since we gathered together six other psychics, this group of seven has been trying to open a giant portal to the demon world into the human world. Previous portals have allowed lesser demons through, but the very biggest, very strongest demons are held back simply by a sort of like uh, size problem, I guess. There's just not a portal large enough to admit them to the human world. And so Sensui is trying to solve that problem. So far, Yusuke, has, uh, Yusuke and his friends have fought their way through a small handful of the seven people uh, or I guess the six other people that Sensui pulled to his side. A few of them are remaining and are waiting inside of a cave where Yusuke and co are now approaching. I think that covers everything. So I, I believe with all of that, we're going to pick up uh, here in episode 84. Episode 84, Karama's Anger, Gourmet's Guests. Uh, this episode is... Uh, one of the one of the weird things that happens pretty quickly, um, which is that Kurama is going to be just completely pissed off at what's going on. The fact that he uh, was was forced to murder a child or ostensibly murder a child in a previous episode yeah. is not sitting well with sort him of by circumstance. Yeah, he's not he's not happy um, about it. <laughs> no. 
And so also the Kuwabara's sword technique is really relevant. As I mentioned in the previously on, his technique has recently been revealed to be able to cut the walls between dimensions, which is kind of exactly what the villains are trying to do. Uh, because it's a new aspect of his technique, Kuwabara is not able to manifest it every time. But uh, luckily, the villains have a psychic on their team who can get around that problem real easily. His code name is Gourmet. And his ability is to eat another person, thereby stealing their powers permanently. Um, Gourmet is ready to do this, I guess, and has not done it already for... I don't know. I, I actually don't know why they haven't done it. I don't know why they didn't do it immediately. Uh, they tied Kubar up and sat with him in a boat in the middle of a lake inside of a cave and just sort of waited for the heroes to get there instead of immediately doing that. Um, and also the portal seems like it's going to open without them having to do it at all. I'm not, do you know the answers to this? Like they kidnapped Kuwabara to make their plan work and they were going to use Gourmet to, to force him to do it by stealing his powers by killing him. And then they didn't do that. And then when like the heroes get there, Sensui is watching the chapter black tape, which is a tight 90 minutes. And, uh, they're like, once this tape is over, the portal will have finished opening and it will be too late. And so I don't know why. I, what, do you know the answers? <laughs> I mean, the the only thing that I I sort of gleaned as to what was happening here was that not only it being sort of like plot relevant that they needed to be able to sit around and wait for it to happen. Um, yeah. But the other thing that I... I I'm pretty sure is the reason why um, Gourmet did not end up eating Kuwabara um, is because of the secondary thing that we will find out about. <laughs> oh, is there a is, new thing? <laughs> well, yeah. So <laughs> Kurama's going to get into a fight with Gourmet. Um, and uh, by get into a fight, I mean cut his head off immediately. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, uh, because Kurama's mad that he had to kill a child and gourmet's not a child and so kuwabara's like uh, or sorry kurama's like fuck this yeah and turns out uh gourmet had uh accidentally eaten the wrong parasite and that wrong parasite <sighs> was the older togoro brother um yeah. and he uh he took over gourmet from the inside and uh, uh -huh. he is basically been it's living like inside of his big dumb body um, do you remember the episode of the office when they're trying to lose weight <laughs> and then Kelly is like, Creed gave me a tapeworm and I swallowed it so that I could lose weight faster. And then it cuts to Creed and he's like, that's not a tapeworm. <laughs> 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 this is what happened essentially in this episode. Like since we was friends with the elder Togoro, whose ability is to twist his body all over the place. However he wants, he has Mr. Fantastic powers essentially. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he got his, his shit beaten up pretty bad in the dark tournament during which Yusuke had a climactic battle with his younger brother, who also just went by the name Togoro. So thanks for that. Yu Yu Hakusho. And uh, younger Togoro was killed and elder Togoro was believed killed. Um, and in the flashback, they say that he he was believed killed sort of intentionally, but he was like regenerating from whatever was left over from himself. And he went to go hide in the ocean to regenerate there. And then Sensui came along and was like, I have a better plan. I'm going to feed you to my friend. And 
so Gourmet was like, I will get Mr. Fantastic Powers by eating you. And then uh, it turns out that Elder Togoro was the stronger presence. And so Gourmet essentially accidentally killed himself by eating Elder Togoro, who then uh, slowly took over Gourmet's body in what appeared to be a spooky process, but was um, largely seen in just a few quick flashbacks. Um, so Gourmet has been dead for a while, and Elder Togoro is just wearing his body like a skin suit a la Men in Black. Yeah, also a la, um, you know, when that when that same thing sort of happened inside of uh, Naruto Shippuden, except for um, he wasn't, Orochimaru was not able to take over Sasuke. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. It does still, uh, you can definitely see that the Naruto creator, uh, read a lot of Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, so they get into a fight and Kurama, uh, luckily brought, uh, his smoke bomb techniques. Um, so he makes a ton of fog and in the middle of this fog, the elder Togoro brother is just like, aha, I've got you and I'm going to kill you. I'm murdering you. And they're hearing this from the outside and he's like, you know talking about how he's he's defeating everything and he's so happy and he's he's doing a great job and then the smoke clears and it reveals that two things have happened one uh Kurama at the beginning of the fight actually planted a seed inside of uh Gourmet's body when um he cut off his head and that seed has turned into a horrible monster tree that is attached to your yeah. uh, elder Togoro's brain. The second thing that is happening is that when that tree attaches itself to your brain, it will absorb your life force until you are dead while injecting you uh, with, I'm assuming, some some sort of like crazy drug or something uh, that makes you yeah, hallucinate. Yeah, it's a hallucination tree. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's basically making him live out this fantasy of murder while he is slowly, you know, uh, sanguinized, yeah. I believe. Do you remember the story, the giving tree? It's same like thing. that. It's the same thing. This is the hallucination tree. And so what it's giving you is murder dreams while mm -hmm. secretly killing you on the side. Yeah. This is so also like, this is an actual literal story about me. One time Pete and I went to an independent bookstore in Chicago and I found a copy of The Giving Tree and was like, oh, I remember this from when I was a kid, but I don't know that I've ever read it. Um, and so I like picked it up and I started reading it. Oh, we were actually looking for a baby shower gift. And so I like read through The Giving Tree in the middle of this bookstore uh, <laughs> and it made me cry. <laughs> so I just like read this children's book and started crying in the middle of a bookstore because <laughs> The Giving Tree hits kind of hard. <laughs> Anyway, the other thought process that I had here was, why the hell did this happen? Like, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that this author is really good at planning out what's going to happen and having exciting twists and turns. But this feels like he was flying by the seat of his pants and trying to write himself out of a corner he wrote himself into. Like, Gourmet turns out to be the elder Togoro who is not actually dead and who shows up as this big, like, wham moment, but then is instantly and almost effortlessly dispensed in a single episode's worth of time. Mm -hmm. Like, 
When Elder Togoro shows up, you're like, oh, is this the real person behind it all? And since we has been working with or even for him? Uh, and no, the answer is no. Uh, he was just there for because random. And I think the real answer is that uh, the author needed to get rid of Gourmet and wasn't able to figure out a way for Gourmet to be gotten rid of that didn't involve him eating Kuwabara and that didn't involve him coming up with a lot of random powers for Gourmet to have that that were you know largely unrelated to him being called Gourmet. And so instead, he just was like, let's decapitate him and have a different character inside. And that is why. And then also, I just need them to get past this. And so Kurama will get rid of him immediately with no trouble at all. It's just so weird. Yeah, it's definitely like, strange. It's interesting in a vacuum, but it doesn't make sense in the larger, larger context. Anyways, uh, forget about all that because it doesn't matter. Let's yeah. take us to a, episode 85 um spirit detective showdown this episode uh starts out with a big giant mouth in the wall opening up and uh pulling in kuobara kurama hiei and seaman uh and uh yes they go into another weird dimension with um uh i think his i think his keyword keyword phrase or whatever is uh gatekeeper right yeah, gatekeeper. His real name is Itsuki. He is the gay people are villains stereotype. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's in love with love Sensei. That one. Love to see that one. <laughs> huh? He's what in love with say? Sensei. Uh, he... Yeah, and it's so... It, this is another thing where you're like, well, that didn't need to be said. Like, yeah. it's just like, I am working with Sensui because I want him to love me. Never a mention of whether or not that's a realistic goal. But uh, it is his stated goal. And then he's like, all the other fucking people working for Sensui are patsies. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, the story is that Sensui went around and gathered up a bunch of fucking boobs that he could manipulate into working for him so that he could make a kill all the humans portal. And uh, they all fell for it. And Itsuki, a.k.a. Gatekeeper over here, is a is he he's a demon right i believe he's not a human and uh he knew all along and didn't care because he wanted to fuck his sensui even though sensui is presumably not interested yeah so you know never trust a gay person Mm, i guess i guess that's i guess that's how it works right (laughs) you would know yeah Anyways, um, the rest of this episode and episode 86 are basically going to be a showdown between the two. Uh, Episode 86 is the difference maker, and this fight is broken up into a couple of different pieces. Um, It's really like Yusuke getting his ass beaten, Yusuke uh, pushing through it, uh, Sensei showing that he doesn't need to take him seriously, then he starts to take him seriously, then he doesn't take him seriously. And then yeah. something else happens, um, there's, which there's is this, b- before we get there, there's this weird turn where like Yusuke is like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And Sensui's like, well, the thing about that is that you probably can because you're stronger than I am. Uh, and then Yusuke attempts to beat the shit out of him and fails. And Sensui is like, but I'm more experienced than you. And so I will win. And I was just like, I guess, um, Sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but but then yeah, Yusuke's too determined and experience doesn't matter in the face of his shonen protagonistness. Yes, but the other issue with Sensei um, is that he has uh, two things in his sleeve. 
One is a gun hand. <laughs> yeah. Which is... Um, kind literally... of almost literally up his sleeve. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is that he uh, he possesses multiple personalities. Um, yeah. Each one of the different personalities um, has a different fighting style, it seems. Um, and uh, he can consult all of these different fighting styles if he needs to. Um, yeah, he's and, got the Intergalactic Council of Reeds inside of him or something. Like, this is, and also, it, it's worth noting, I'm going to do everything I can not to get on my soapbox about this, because I, I am not a mental health expert, mm-hmm. and I don't want to speak out of turn. But, you know, multiple personalities is what we used to call it. Uh, the name these days, I believe, is Dissociative Identity Disorder, in which somebody um, sort of constructs a separate identity or a series of separate identities that their consciousness can kind of flit between. Uh, And this is often in response to some sort of trauma that they, that they sort of like didn't know how to deal with. And so they kind of like generate this other identity whole cloth in order to deal with it Uh, either directly by being, you know, a different type of person than them that can deal with it or indirectly by simply allowing them to kind of shunt themselves to the back of their own minds. Uh, that is probably in some ways reductive. Uh, I'm, I'm doing my best to not get too deep in the weeds there um, and to not just provide massive misinformation. Uh, if you know better than me, please feel free to let me know. But, uh, you know, please, please be conscious that I'm doing my best to be careful about that. Um, that said, this is not that, and dissociative identity disorder or multiple personalities shows up a lot in fiction, and it pretty much always shows up like this, where it's just crazy nonsense, and I will admit to being a bit of a sucker for the magical multiple personalities, which is what Sensui has, where each one has, like, a different ability or, uh, you know, turns the tide of battle in an interesting way. I think that's fun, but it's also worth noting that, like, this is based off of a real-life thing that is being largely misrepresented here in ways that could be harmful if misunderstood. So I think let's just do that disclaimer. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's do the magical version of that because that's what he's got. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, this this difference maker, as the episode is named, um, gives <laughs> Funny him that <laughs> gives him the ability to decide which uh, which personality is going to be activated at what time, and he can kind of like argue with himself inside of his brain, um, and. This merciless killer um, is about to murder Yusuke with his uh, gun hand um, when uh, he is stopped by Kuima showing up. And that takes us into episode 87, Power Between the Teeth. It turns out that Kuima has this uh, pacifier that he's been carrying around for, it turns out, hundreds of years. Um, and this uh, this pacifier is been just absorbing energy and turning into a super powerful, uh, protective barrier spell, I believe is what he calls it. It, it, it makes me think, actually, here's another Naruto reference. It really, really reminds me of the Reaper death seal that the third Hokage uses against Orochimaru. Because if I, unless I misunderstood something, uh, Koenma indicates that the pacifier will create a seal that will trap even the strongest demons, but he mentions that he's going to sacrifice himself to do it. 
And so I believe that it will either create an area of effect that Koenma will enter in order to stop Sensui from escaping it, or it requires that the user also go. And essentially you go into this like pocket dimension that only exists for you to be there for eternity, kind of stuck with each other. So that was my understanding, you know, disagree with me if, if I missed something, Spencer, but I believe that Koenma is indicating here that this is sort of a, a nuclear option for him because it will cause him to cease to exist in our reality as a consequence of being sucked into this alternate reality with Sensui. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, it's so insanely powerful. Um, it also creates a a barrier that is going to be there. He's basically saying that he's going to lock everybody in, um, and, yeah. including this portal. Um, and yeah, and I think he's gonna like let you Yusuke get out or something. I don't know. He's he doesn't seem to indicate that like they are all stuck here. He, I remember him seeing like I will sacrifice myself. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right that the, that this is gonna create like an area effect that's gonna the lock everything inside of it. Hmm. Yeah. So and then yeah, he starts to do it. And instead, Yusuke stops it through comedy, and I actually genuinely enjoyed this. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Um, yeah, he's just like, no, nah, I'm going to beat him up. And he just like takes the pacifier and puts it in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is mine now. Uh, it's so good. And I'm just like, okay, probably your pocket's not the best option for this, because what if you lose? Yeah, I mean, that is a good point. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, anyways. But he doesn't think that way, because he's Yusuke. So, yeah, he's... He then starts fighting Kazuya, which is... We didn't say this earlier, because I I wanted... I felt like it was really necessary for us to put out that disclosure. But Sensui is is one of the personalities. Uh, The other one, the one with the gun hand, although I guess they all have a gun hand, because that's on the body, but the one who's using the gun hand is calls himself Kazuya. And Kazuya is the murderous psychopath personality, the one who is just like super thrilled to be inflicting pain and is really just like loves the idea of causing somebody to be really hurt or to be killed and uh, loves to use the gun hand for that purpose. And uh, then Yusuke, after stopping Koenma from using his pacifier shield, he just beats the shit out of Kazuya. Like, he just gets the upper hand again because he, I don't know, has had time to get his third wind or something. Uh, And then Sensui's personality shifts again to a character named Shinobu, who is noted as the primary personality, which is confusing because I thought Sensui was the primary personality, but maybe it's, like, the one that's the most dominant. Um, But yeah, he, like, shifts, and now there's a new one, and that's, like, our big cliffhanger moment. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're going to be left. Uh, this this new this new part of Sensei that we haven't been introduced to yet is is new and is is coming at you. Um, but we're going to pick up with that next time we come back to you, Hakusho. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen here, <laughs> but yeah. something. Yeah. So stick with us after these credits, and we'll talk about what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 
13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episodes 40 through 42. If you ever wanted to learn how homunculuses are made, well, it's sugar, spice, everything nice, and also a lot of uh, black ink and one eye and a horrible yeah. grinning face. Uh, yeah. And I, I believe that's it. Oh, oh, and uh, the secret ingredient that it was actually knocked in, which is, uh, it's, it's like something X. Um, I'm pretty chemical sure it's uh, X. Come I'm, on, I'm pretty sure chemical X is just, uh, you know, philosopher's stone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. dead people. Powerpuff Girls are homunculi. <laughs> oh God, are they though? <laughs>